What's your guilty pleasure? Me? I don't have one. You're listening to Guiltless Pleasures, an unapologetic pop podcast with Bobby Asin. Welcome back, everyone. It is finally a new week of Guiltless Pleasures. It has been a two-week hiatus. It almost matches like my favorite show, Siesta Key. Um, yes, this was not a planned two-week outage. I mean, the first week made sense because it was my birthday celebration and I was doing, you know, all the kinds of birthday shenanigans you can think of. And in the following week, I went to Florida, but I'll go into that story. I guess I'll start with it. For my birthday, I celebrated with Isabel as well, my friend who lives here in the city. We were able to go party on a yacht. And then the next day we had a picnic in Central Park, which was super cute. We had like the lace tabletop of teapots and teacups and all cute things like that and then the following day was Izzy's dinner at you know Magic Rooftop and that is a place that has the whole roof covered and pastel roses and has a beautiful visual of the Empire State Building additionally it has some like sexualized dogs and rabbits or something like that I think on a putt-putt course had very good drinks. Um, I had the Myra Rosé, I believe. And yeah, they were all really cute themed cocktails. That was really fun. And I got to see The Quiet Place too that night. And after that, I had my birthday on, you know, my birthday celebration on the actual day, which is the 8th. During the day, I went with Michael to the Nickelodeon theme park, which is at the American Dream. After that, it was supposed to rain all night, and I had dinner planned on a boat called Grand Banks. And luckily, the moment of my reservation, the rain had stopped within the hour time frame, and Iz, Ricky, Jerry, and Michael were all able to celebrate. And afterwards, I ended up going to some clubs that were open in the city, and that was lots of fun. We got champagne and Ricky and I got to dance, you know, the rest of the night. Jerry and Iz did not join us for that fun time, but you'll hear more details about that, you know, of course, on the first Tuesday of July for Talladega Life with Ricky and I going over our month summary. But something I want to go over is my time trying to get to Florida, which goes into why I was not able to record a podcast. On my way to Florida, my plane was delayed and then canceled, and then I had to fly out the following day instead. I missed my birthday dinner at Texas Roadhouse with all of my friends, like Brooke, Katie, Robbie, Katie Hefner, Taylor, Emily. So that all got canceled, and I left the next day at 3 in the morning, and when I landed, I went right to Volcano Bay. I did get to Texas Roadhouse with Emily and Taylor. I saw Leanne for a little bit, and then I had to see my grandmother, and then my mom, and then I left. It was a very short, like, two and a half days, so very, very rushed. But on my way home, two of my flights were canceled and delayed and whatnot, and so be it. I lost my luggage for three days. So three days later, I got my luggage. It was very stressful because, not the luggage part, but having my flights canceled so many times because I started my new job and on Monday, which was, you know, Sunday was the day I was flying back. And I thought at a point that I was not going to be able to land in New York City, that I have to fly from Tampa, even though I was at the Orlando airport from Tampa 
to Baltimore and run a car to get to work on time. But alas, I made it, landed like at midnight, lost my bags, that's fine, I managed. So, with that happening, I didn't have a microphone because my microphone was in my suitcase, so I could not record an episode of Guiltless Pleasures. So, a little behind, but here we are, and I'm glad to be back. I will hop right in now on my current Guiltless Pleasures. Now, in the past, I have talked about Disney culture and all those things, but my current Guiltless Pleasure is I have been enjoying watching Disney Plus, and I've been watching all the old Disney movies, and by old, I mean like Pocahontas, The Little Mermaid, those aren't very old. And additionally, Tangled, I was so excited to watch Tangled two nights ago, and I just felt so happy and light from watching those films, and I got to watch Luca last night with Iz and Ricky, and I really love that movie. I would have definitely died as a kid to have, you know, a movie with boys being mermaids and being so comfortable with a huge, you know, gay storyline, as they call it, calamari by your name instead of calling it Luca. But I found it very enjoyable. And something a little off topic that is my current guilt's pleasure has been my guilt's pleasure for a long time. And I would love to talk about it. I am not sponsored in any way. It is actually AliExpress. That's A-L-I-E-X-P-R-E-S-S. I order so much jewelry from AliExpress and different things like tracksuits and Apple Watch bands. That's actually jewelry. But additionally, I'm going to order art for my walls from them. There's all kinds of different things. I love looking at their acrylic hamster cages. Don't know why, but it just makes me happy. But this website is items that are overseas and take, you know, up to 45 days to get sent to your house. Normally it takes about two weeks, but I have gotten so many things from AliExpress and yeah, if you don't use it, you are missing out. You can find almost everything you could possibly want at a much cheaper price. Ricky even got an egg yolk purse, so look out for that in the future on Instagram. But yes, AliExpress, look it up, there's an app, there's a website. It's like Wish, but better, and I do believe in the quality. I've owned pieces for over a year that have not tarnished, and that have never turned my fingers green or my neck green when wearing them, even when the items get wet. I mean, obviously I wouldn't shower in them, but some of them are even stainless steel. All right, enough of my ad that's not an ad that's actually genuine. I do want to go into this week's main topic, which is Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. We know there is, not we know, but there is a movie, documentary, whatever you want to call it, on Hulu, and you can watch it um, now streaming, and it's called The Housewife and the Hustler. And I have, you know, many thoughts after watching this. I will say that I think the people they chose to describe it, not the victims, I'm talking about the housewives that were featured on the show or this special were very interesting. There is someone named Danielle who has been arrested multiple times, changed her name, has been involved in a lot of crazy stuff, according to my friend Brooke. And Dana, I believe from Real House with Beverly Hills, they were Orange County, season one was charged with fraud which i get is like the purpose is that they've gone through stuff so they want them to be involved in it but 
What I didn't like was that Danielle said that she had worked with Erica Jane on two occasions on Watch What Happens Live. I'm sorry, being a guest on a talk show does not actually qualify as work. You are just sitting there answering, you know, plead the fifth questions. You're not working with someone. You're not going to get to know someone. It is very just like cut and dry. You just go on set. It's live. You record. It's not live. You leave. You go home. So I don't think they work together. They aren't really friends. I will say that, yes, the things that Tom Girardi, um, you know, with the plane victims and orphans, horrible things. And I do believe that's true. I'm not saying that any mean, like, I don't say that at all. But I do want to say is, you know, at the end of the documentary, they mentioned how, you know, all these places and people in this high up world and the law and the bar and et cetera, et cetera, state that they had no idea that this was going on. And if they did, they would have revoked his, you know, lawyer license or I don't know how that works. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the jargon. I've watched Legally Blonde. Yes. So I can't go in depth on those things. But if they didn't know that this was happening behind the scenes, I don't understand how people are expecting that his wife would know these things. I do not believe, and I hope that Erica Jane did not know that these things were happening behind the scenes. I mean, people say, oh, it should be obvious they had this huge mansion and he's a lawyer who, you know, helps people. A person that helps people shouldn't have that much extravagant things. Well, then why didn't that raise flags so many years ago? Like, truly and clearly, Tom has done bad things and is not going to get away with it. But I'm just saying, for all these things people say should have been red flags, well, they should have been red flags, but they weren't. How were they not? And if no one was supposed to know this or knows what's going on, how would we expect that Erica Jane, who we just call, you know, a housewife, be aware of the situation that's really going on behind the scenes? And I really think that if Erica was guilty, she truly would not have filmed the season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because she should know that everything in this season will will be and could be used against her in court. And if she had something to hide, I don't think she would show her face. And people could say the opposite. They could say she's showing her face because she has so much to hide. And this gives her alibis or, you know, ways out to look surprised and different things. But even the documentary didn't show the cheating scandal that Erica and Tom are having. And there's a lot of parts that are skipped out in her story. And I think they really wanted to highlight and show, like, this man has funded this woman's career and all these things. And if you haven't read Pretty Mess by Erica Jane, the book, which I have signed, obviously I'm a fan of Erica Jane. I've gone to a concert. I met her. Um, the story, yes, he does fun things, but the story of her life is not as black and white as she's after a man who's a hustler and she just wants money. And yeah, she has a song called Expensive, but that's about enjoying those things of life. It's like Sharpe Evans having her own album. It's a persona. Erica Jane is a persona and Erica Girardi is a person. So that's my thoughts on that movie. And it's like very light, but also I don't want to like go deeply in this because I can't talk about legal jargon that I don't understand. And at the moment, I just want to say that I hope and believe that Erica Jane was not truly involved in this. I hope she gets not away with it, but gets 
away from this negative energy. I'm part of the Bravo Gossip Facebook page and people are so, so quick to judge and so mean, so nasty about her. And they always have, even before this scandal has happened, people just hate to see people have like this success and dream life, which is funny because you watch the show to watch the 1%. But I was very shocked that I agreed with Candace from Real House was a Potomac. She tweeted, y'all aren't loyal. You don't know what that lady knew. Just sending her to jail based on one thrown together documentary that was clearly meant to low-key villainize her. Reserve your judgment until the facts reveal themselves. Judge not, lest yet be judged. Actually, it's supposed to be like, judge not, lest ye be judged. I just can't read. (laughs) But I actually do agree with that statement. And I was shocked that I agree with her. But I think she is spilling the tea there. Alrighty, it is time to go in this week's pop culture recap. I wanted to start out talking about last week, there was a two-part finale for Keeping Up the Kardashians hosted by Noel Verven, Andy Cohen. I listened to a podcast with Heather DeBro and Andy Cohen talking about this reunion. He talked about he had the idea while interviewing Chris, Chloe, and I can't remember the other sister who was also there when he said there needs to be a reunion because it's a monumental moment that Keeping Up the Kardashian show was ending and they agreed to do a special with no questions, unanswered, nothing filtered, to be completely honest and to not have a list of questions that could not be asked before filming. And Andy's used to having full control of everything and because it's usually his network on Bravo or you know, shows that he's working on so he can do whatever he wants. And the woman gave him, you know, a time frame for only a couple hours and he's used to having all day while recording you know the real housewives reunions so to him it was very different and the woman kept going to get up and go to the bathroom things like that and at a point he told christiana make it quick and chris made a glance back at him and he was like oh my god i apologize immediately like i'm so used to walk- talking to housewives like i didn't mean to talk to you that way i think it's funny that he has to like respect someone you know or not that I used to respect someone, but that he has so much respect for Chris Jenner and that it's such a huge difference to how he feels about talking to his everyday housewife, which people always have been joking since Lisa Vanderpump left that Chris Jenner should come on to Real Housewives. So who knows, now with Kathy Hilton being on as a friend, maybe we'll see Chris Jenner as a friend. I can't imagine her ever being a full-time housewife. But anyway, definitely check out that two-part reunion i will be watching it with ricky as soon as we both have free time right now i am in training for my new job so i have eight hour shifts and then i'm memorizing different things afterwards that i have to prepare for work but yes definitely check that out on e and according to close sources tristan and chloe have officially called it quits this was not mentioned in the documentary because not documentary in the reunion because this had not happened this was just announced today from close sources but obviously we can't tell 100 percent if that is true because close sources could be anyone side note this week i have seen you know a couple different people you may have heard of like alex wolf from the naked brothers band Hereditary and Jumanji 1 and 2, the new ones. I have seen Frankie Grande and had a little interaction with Joan through FaceTime. And additionally, I got to see Brian Newman perform. 
He is a jazz player, and you may recognize him from some of Lady Gaga's music, her Thanksgiving special, music and help in Five Foot Two documentary on Netflix, and additionally, um, her album Joanne. So, yeah, that was amazing to see in person. I think it was like the first time I truly enjoyed being at a jazz performance. Granted, I hadn't seen one since I was in high school, and we were required to see the jazz band performances. And that was not the same, but this was much better on a completely different scale. In other news, come August, we have Lord's new album coming out, finally, many, many years later. It is called Solar Power. It'll be released August 20th of 2021. We have the single already released. Um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, but I'm very excited, and we now know that there are tour dates going to be announced for 2022 as of today, so we have that to look forward to. I think it would be super cool if Olivia Rodrigo opened for her, but also at this point, Olivia Rodrigo might be able to stand alone and do her own tour. I don't know, but either way, I would love to see them perform at the same venue or together or a duet since they've been working with the same music people as well as Taylor Swift, obviously, but I'm very excited to see Lord on tour. I think I'm going to try and see her. I haven't before, but I really have loved the album Melodrama, and it's a classic, and I continue to listen to it to this day. And whenever I do, I feel like the main character. I usually listen to it late on a subway. In music news, additionally, we have the announcement by Taylor Swift that Red will be coming out in August, and this will feature 30 songs and a 10-minute song as well. And that should be what we know as All Too Well, which obviously I'm the most excited to hear. Um, I've also been really enjoying listening to the album Red recently this week and listening to Treacherous and I Knew You Were Trouble. I'm not like really going through like, you know, like that era or time of I Knew You Were Trouble, but just like singing that's like, oh, it just gives me like, I don't know, so much, I don't know, like anger and everything i just I, I can't wait it just makes me so excited to sing it and i was wrong i said august but i definitely meant to say november 19th many people thought 1989 was coming out first but surprise red is i still think that 1989 will drop somehow beforehand because we had you know the song featured in the spirit cartoon which was wildest dreams which is really weird to me it's a very sexual song it's in a kids horse movie so don't know what the hell's up with that but Moving right along, I want to go into some Real Housewives updates just about two hours ago. Real Housewives of Atlanta's Cynthia Bailey Ice has just now removed Real Housewives of Atlanta from her Instagram bio, which is a symbol that she is going to be not in the new season. And I definitely said ice, but I meant to say hill. And I was thinking of their party when they would say chill, and in my head it was ice. So Cynthia Bailey Hill will not be returning, from what we can tell, to Real Housewives of Atlanta. That's truly an end of an era, but she's ending her story on a great note. And I think she's at a great place in life, and she doesn't really need to continue. I think. Her story is done for now, not as in like life, but as in being filmed. 
Now, when it comes to Real Housewives of Orange County, we had very exciting news this week that Heather Debro is confirmed to return to Real Housewives of Orange County. Bronwyn, Kelly Dodd, and Elizabeth will be exiting. Elizabeth, no shocker there. That's a pathological liar. Like, I don't even understand. I just... Horrible, horrible, horrible casting on Bravo. Shame on them. Kelly Dodd, kind of surprised, but not really, because Heather Debro says at a restaurant when they're eating with no shoes on how she'll never be in a room with her or never be seen with her again so i'm pretty sure that heather bro probably got the highest check out of anyone in orange county history for a return and made sure in her contract that kelly dodd would be removed but also kelly dodd pissed andy cohen off very much at that reunion it's also not shocking she also posted that she was fired because she was a conservative so we have that also, if I mentioned earlier, Kelly Dodd commented on Erica Jane's documentary that I talked about earlier that's on Hulu and said, if I were her, I would sell all my stuff and give it to those victims that were hustled for 40 years and that she cried so hard for the victims while watching the documentary. So, in other news, of course, we can't have Bronwyn have a quiet exit. She has to always be annoying and... She has confirmed that she is dating a former friend on the show of Tamara Judge in season six, and their name is, or her name is, Fernanda Rocha. It's like, who knows, two more people that can't possibly think of losing the idea of fame. It's just like, so annoying. I cannot stand Bronwyn. But I do think everyone will miss Kelly Dodd a lot when she is no longer on the show. And in five years from now, we will be asking for her back. I'm very surprised that Gina is there. I think Bronwyn actually had some type of intellectual thought when it came to Gina being on the show. Even though she's quoting someone else, she's quoting Tamara. And I will play that quote in just a moment. But I do want to say that I'm very hopeful that Tamara will return as a full-time housewife I know she was talking about months ago wanting Heather to return and her to have returned. I would love that to happen, and I would love for Vicky to actually just be a friend. I don't think Vicky needs to be a full-time housewife. And she sold her house and all that, and I think it's a good place for her to be a friend on the show. Here is the statement from Bronwyn about exiting the show, or I should say being fired from the show. All right, here we go. Did you reach out to the other ladies? I don't really have a relationship with Elizabeth, and I don't see her. We don't have any similar friends. And no, you know, no. How do you uh, feel about Shannon, Emily, and Gina being kind of the survivor of uh, this big change? I think it's, I honestly, I think it's weird. Um, You know, Gina, Gina, I get. Gina was very like, you know, whatever. Um, Emily, I think Tamara Judge said it best, is like watching paint dry. I, I agree. I'm like, I know her in real life, and I'm like, you were Eeyore. You know, um, and then Shannon, I think Shannon's good because you get the old, the older long-term viewers, you know, that's good for bringing them back. Did you reach out? So I love that she calls her Eeyore. Emily is definitely by far not my favorite. I know she's going through a lot of changes. She's been a lot higher since her hip surgery. I think she's had like a neck lift and all kinds of different things. So she's getting ready for the filming, but I just really, really hope Tamara can come back. But that is it for this week's pop culture recap. 
Also, if you haven't, watch Ariana Grande's new performance of POV, Point of View. And that's it for this week, everyone. Stay guiltless. Thank you.